My name is Louis Yon. I'm from, from Windsor, Ontario. Douglas and William Texera. They're two uh, Brazilian brothers, and I'll just give you a brief introduction of how this forum got started. It got started with me getting bored walking through airports and on my job, and I always check out the book racks, and I always like these books on how to be successful in life and successful in business. And I saw this book on Biblical, and I thought, this book is amazing. There's, there's some, and they said, and I even said this would make a great forum because everybody wants to be successful. And of course, we want to be successful in the eyes of God. So that's how this forum got started. And uh, for those who know me well, you know that I collect quotes. I think quotes are just using, sometimes they're really good tidbits of information on how to run your life. And so this forum, of course, is based along the way in my life. So we'll get started. And we'll make sure my clicker works. It does. Okay. All the law my servant Moses gave you, gave you, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Success, uh, we're going to run through what, what, what is success. Success is being where you are, who you are, and content with your lot in life. I'm going to do a lot of reading, by the way, and then I'm going to interject with some personal experiences in my life. So um, as a rule, society defines people who are successful when they have money, fame, influence, and many, and many people working for them. We who have a Christian worldview define success as being well, with, being well in the relationship with God. Success is the way you walk and where you are heading. Success is above all a trajectory in which a person, regardless of... And we are not only talking about financial attributes. When I first was talking about the forum, everybody thought this is going to be, uh, what do you call that? Uh, pros what do you, prosperous gospel? What do you call it? Prosperity gospel, thank you. So this is definitely not a prosperity gospel forum. Okay. Whoever scorns instructions will pay for it. Oh, I, I jumped too far ahead. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. This went way ahead. Um, when we think about success, like I said, we, 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 even today, in today's world, we always think about monetary gain as being successful, and I just found it interesting that in light of the Russian-Ukrainian war, we're, really to, we're starting to see what people, even corporate and sentiment, and they're, they're paying attention to what people find to be valuable in their lives. I'm going to read here, this is from a professor of management in, in organizations at the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business, and he said, in relationship to the Ukraine war, of course, Americans, it's all about. And as you probably heard already in the news, that McDonald's did pull out of Russia. And their quote is, this is an era where companies could avoid, companies that they do make a stance, and now they're trying to avoid making a stance politically. So what they're doing now is people want to be associated with companies that do the right thing. 
There's so much more to business and life than maximizing profits. This is from the um, from McDonald's. Going to Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes tells the story of a of a mortal not being uh, uh, king to seek justice even for the most troubled members of his kingdom, but he loses his way and he forgets that his wisdom and wealth weren't given primarily for his own satisfaction. Only as an apparent afterthought noted in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14 does he remember that the lasting significance, i.e. the biblical laws, success are found by living in the light and the goodness of God. Guess we're going with that. Okay, Man, man-made laws versus biblical laws. So what kind of success do you, what kind of success do you desire? Am I fulfilled? Do I enjoy what I do? Do I appreciate life? Look at man-made laws, and you can realistically get away with it. Biblical laws are completely different. The best way I can describe biblical laws is the law of gravity. You can't escape the law of gravity. You can, you can go up in an airplane, you can jump in the air, you can do all kinds of things. But the law of gravity is like a biblical law. It's not escapable. The obvious examples you jump off are dramatic. So whether you agree with biblical law or not, it makes no difference. Success has nothing to do with money, uh, great place, or you can have these things and still be frustrated at work, restraints in your finances, your work, and your personal life because the happiness that can only be found in the harmony of all these three things. So now Red has 25 biblical laws, there's actually a few more. We're not gonna be able to talk about all of them, but I picked out the ones that I thought were the most important. Okay, the law of opportunity. Your father in heaven causes his son to raise on, rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous one at some point in, his, in time in their life will have an opportunity to get ahead in life. This means that even though we are affected by our social and economic background, access to education with our lives, then there is no need to change. But if we aren't while we are alive, we all have the opportunity to change our course. You must move from where you are to where you want to go. For that, you have to be willing to pay the price and expand the time, expend the time and the effort necessary to get there. This does not mean that you put effort in and you will be instantly successful after many years. One of my, um, see I didn't put it on, a lot of books are written by people who are successful. And uh, what happens is we live our life forward and we understand it backwards. So a lot of people are, see, look backwards. They, they kind of look backwards and say, okay, why am I so su- successful? In other words, they made it whether it's usually monetary. And a lot of people in my business life ask me, gee, Lou, you seem to be pretty successful. Why are you so successful? And I like to tell everybody the answer is found in Ecclesiastes 9.11. For those who don't know Ecclesiastes 9.11 off the top of their heart, this is Solomon saying, I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor is time and chance happens to them all. What this verse is saying is that just because you're brilliant, just because you're strong, just because that you're going to be some kind of instant success, what it does say, though, is that we all have opportunity. 
And it's when we, when we seize those opportunities that makes the difference. Okay, opportunities are usually disguised as hard work, so most people don't recognize them. Two men look out the same prison bars, one sees mud and the other sees stars. We all have the same opportunity to build. We all have opportunities. In fact, I will read it. This comes from Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. Like the foolish man who builds his house on sand, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell down with a great crash. The law of our opportunity says both of these men had an opportunity to build. One builds on the rock, one builds on sand. The, the conclusion when the rains came are obvious. So we all offer opportunities. Some roll up our sleeves and build on stone foundations, while some prefer the, that we reap what we sow. Some lay solid foundations, they remain secure. As in the parable, they all had the chance to build where they wanted to, all had the opportunity, and the rain fell on all of them. The sun rises for everyone, opportunities come along, but not everyone takes advantage of the opportunities. Those who seize opportunities are more likely to fulfill your dreams. This is uh, very sensitive, sorry about that. Law of wisdom. Whoever scorns instruction will pay for it, but whoever respects a command is rewarded. The teaching of the wise is the foundation of life, turning a person fraction. Wisdom is the foundation of success success is achieved. We are not talking about intelligence tests, but as in the capacity to adapt while searching for happiness. The The intelligence we're talking about here is synonymous with wisdom, which is to know what, when, how to do something, in is it worth doing? I mentor a lot of young professionals in my work life, and some of them are believers, many of them are not believers. And what I tell all young professionals is this if you want to be successful, there's 31 days in the calendar each month, and there's 31 Proverbs. I tell everybody, whether you're a believer or not, and a lot of my um, business professional friends are not believers, so they kind of sometimes, I'm sure, they're questioning my wisdom or my advice. But I tell them that if you read one proverb every day for that day in the month, and you follow what that proverb says, proverb says that for that day, and sometimes... It just amazes me some, that I'll read the proverb for the day. In other words, the 15th, I'll read the Proverbs 15. And the advice that, or a relationship, it just, it's like magical. It just, the, the advice in Proverbs is, I just look at it from this way. It, it's like 10,000 years worth of knowledge all compacted into 31 chapters. Understand it backwards. 
by reading the Proverbs daily, you short-circuit this, this, this. The first degree of wisdom, knowing what values to abide by. The second degree of wisdom, knowing how to work. The third is knowing how to work intelligently. And the fourth, knowing how to work skillfully. Who is wise and understanding among you? Values listed there are like guardrails on a freeway. They, they, keep, they keep you on the road. How many serious car accidents could have been averted with, with guardrails? Or were averted by, with guardrails, sorry. By, abiding with ethical, by abiding ethical standards, you are adopting guidelines that help you keep you on the road. In rubies and abundance, but lips that speak knowledge are a rare, a rare jewel. Wisdom and competence are two different things. A competent person is not always necessarily wise, and vice versa. Competence resides on a practical level. Wisdom resides on a philosophical level. They are closely related, but are not the same thing. How many doctors do you know? Brother Walter, don't take this personally. I think I saw him there. How many doctors do you know that are extremely competent to perform surgery on a patient, but don't, do not have the wisdom to deal with their family? And we use the example of doctors because doctors usually, it takes a lot of skill and knowledge to be a doctor, and a lot of them are very competent, but I would say not really. Next is the law of vision. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. The law of vision will tell you that you need to be clear about what you want in life. What, what you want in life. What is your vision? What do you live for? Where do you want to go? How do you want to be known? The reality is it's all. Where do you see yourself? They don't have a vision past Friday. Have you analyzed your pers- what your persona vision is? Have you studied your strengths and weaknesses? What about small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred? Once you start to establish our vision, we are able to set priorities in order to direct our efforts. There are a number of different kinds of success, personal, spiritual, social, family, and financial, of course. Each one has its place and importance. That is why achieving reasonable and balanced success in each area accounts for our idea, our idea of prosperity. Money is definitely, forget our family, success, that type of success, we're making a really dangerous choice. I'm sure we all know people whose vision led them to some type of fame or money, but they really, they really are not happy in their life or have nobody who really loves them. What is their vision? Obstacles are those frightful things you see when you take your eyes off the goal. Quote from Henry Ford, regardless of your vision and goals, nothing will be achieved without a considerable effort and willingness to take risks. It amazes me sometimes when I talk to young people that I ask them, so how you doing? What are you doing? And they give me the update on their lives. And I ask them, so um, are you working? Yeah, I'm working here. And a lot of them I'm, I'm impressed by. In fact, I'm humbled by because they have a, a great vision they, that they tell me that, you know, I'm going to this school or I'm doing my apprenticeship in woodworking or auto mechanics or whatever they're doing. Or 
open my own woodworking shop or open my own whatever it may be. And a lot of young people I talk to, their vision really isn't that clear. They really, they get kind of a, kind of sort of a vision. And I, I, that just amazes me that you would go through your life and expect any type of success without some kind of vision, some kind of direction, and some kind of goal. The law of focus. I do not run like someone aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer. Uh, for those of you who know me, I, do, I, I love sailing. And uh, there's a saying when you sail, if one does not know which one port is sailing, no wind is favorable. You need, to, you need to develop daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly plans. Set them in your mind or write them down on a paper to achieve than those we keep only in our So I went to the angel and asked him to give me a little scroll. He said to me, take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. This is from Revelations. Your professional life is very similar to this. Not making the proper sacrifices now may appear sweet at the beginning, but the aftertaste is a bitter one. Uh, we look at it as the funnel principle. If you narrow your focus, I didn't say anything important. There are, a lot of studies, there are a lot of studies out there pointing out that people who think positively get better results. I work with several people who, who when faced with an opportunity, they list all the things and reasons they can't do it. In my line of work, I'm known as a rainmaker. And the rainmaker means that I do things in my, my job and I do things in my, uh, my daily work that I'm extremely positive. When I look at an opportunity, the first thing I do is I look, it's not that I ignore the obstacles in my way, but I really do focus on or try and set a goal to say, okay, I'm here, I wanna get there, I'm gonna maintain a positive attitude on how to get there. I work with other people in my life that every time there's a goal, the first thing they do is they just list all the obstacles in the way. Not that those obstacles shouldn't be addressed, not that they're not important, but your frame of mind and that positive attitude to say, okay, I'm over here now, my goal and my focus is over here, how do I get there? You really need to maintain a positive frame of mind. And this leads to the law of planning. Suppose if one of you wants to build a tower, wouldn't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, 
Everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. This keeps shutting off, by the way. Against another king, only first sit down and consider whether he is able to, with 10,000 men, to oppose the thing that has come against them with 20,000. The most Thank you. Where were we? Okay. Okay. You first, you first begin your planning with a SWOT analysis. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Plan that has an objective. Actually, what I should start with first. Strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. In the law of planning, you set yourself a goal. You write it down. Maybe it's a one-year goal, two-year goals, three-year goals, five-year goals. And the first thing you do, and this is, I think, people may, might struggle a bit with this. First, first thing you do is you say, okay, what are my strengths? And then be honest with yourselves. What are you good at? And I leverage those strengths in my career. Is how talented they are. Everybody has an Achilles heel, or I'll call it Achilles heel. Able to make sure that whatever you do in life, that you know that when you come up against this obstacle, that's not your strong suit. Opportunities, look for them, identify them. What are they? How can you capitalize on them? Threats. But the reality is you have to identify and be clear what the threats are. Let me speak to my own experience and... Um, for this law of planning. I started out, my goal was to be a tool and die maker. My, my father was a tool and die maker. He had a tool and die shop. Amazing how the law of planning works. So I had a plan. I accomplished my plan. Uh, I was a tool and die maker. I got my um, college diploma. I got my province of Ontario certification at the age of, I think it was 22. And then I set another goal. I wanted to become a chiropractor. I heard a laugh. You should laugh. <laughs> so what I did is I set, I set a goal to be a chiropractor. I quit my tool and die profession. I went to the University of Windsor in biology. You have to get a bachelor's of science in biology, and then you go on to chiropractic college. And during my schooling at the University of Windsor, I was, my, strength, my, my weaknesses were identified quickly. And I realized that this took a lot of memory work, and I, I kind of figured out after about a year that my, my grades were okay. They weren't great, but they weren't good enough to, get, to be a chiropractor, let's put it that way. So right away I identified 
my weaknesses. And then all of a sudden, I had an opportunity. I'm going to make this brief. And then I thought, you know what, maybe I'll readjust my goal and be a tool engineer, like a project manager. And then that led on to, to, I worked as a tool engineer for this big corporation for five years, this company for 10 years, and it led to opening my own company, which I will tell you this, if I didn't have goals and I didn't focus and I didn't do planning, I would have never ended up owning my own company because I would have just been complacent as a tool and buying maker. So I set a goal to be a chiropractor. It didn't work. That's fine. I identified my weaknesses and said, hey, you know what, this does not work. But it really did is because I set these different goals as I went along the way and changed them, by goal setting, a lot of opportunities came in front of me and I capitalized on those opportunities. Had I not set those goals and pursued them and focused on them, I would have not had opportunities later in life to bring me where I am today. The law of work. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not as human masters. We all want to please our bosses or other people by working hard. Apostle Paul instructs us that we should realistically be serving Christ, not our bosses. Got a riddle for you. There's, um, what do you call those? Lily pads. There's three, fro- there's three frogs on the lily pad. One decides to jump off. How many frogs are left? Pardon? Why? Precisely. There's three frogs there. One decides to jump off. And the reality is he doesn't jump off. And think about your life. A lot of times, and especially I see it at camp too. People come to camp. They make that commitment. You know, I'm going to decide to follow Christ. Or I'm going to decide to go to school. I'm going to decide to do anything. The decision is the stuff along the way. But are you going to actually do it? The saying, talk is cheap, but your work is your decision put into action. All work brings a profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. The law of you can or you think you can't, you're right. Action does indeed involve risks, but we all have to face those risks because the biggest failure in life lies in doing nothing. The law of work says that people who don't take action don't accomplish anything in their lives, and their lives sometimes become meaningless. They may avoid experiencing pain, but they don't learn if they don't feel that they don't, and they don't change, they don't grow, and they don't live. They're like slaves who fear freedom. Only... I am... I know a lot in my life, I know a lot of immensely talented people. And when I, I grew up with some of these people, and, and I'm just in awe at their talent, their God-given, their, their wisdom, their physical abilities, just their talents in general. And I also know a lot of them that, although they're very talented, they... I had a friend of mine who, he's a Mennonite, comes from a Mennonite background, and he went and... He has no post-secondary education, just high school education. 
and he had some life circumstances that he did well in, in business. He started a business, did well. And then his wife left him. She took all his money. And then he started a business with his brothers. And his brothers, they were arguing over money, of course. He told me, he said it was the lowest part of his life. He said, I finally told my brothers, okay, you can have it all. Just, I, I, we got lawyers involved, the legal bills are huge. He's been wealthy a couple times, lost it with his wife, lost it with his brothers, and he starts over going down a, he's not like the Ohio motorcycle law where you don't wear a helmet. <laughs> Different kind of risks. So at 40 years old, he starts his business all over again. And in about 10 years, he was just telling me the other day, we uh, went out for dinner and he says, you know, I'm thinking of selling my business. I said, oh, that's good. I said, what are your sales this year? He says, I think this year uh, I'm going to be at $100 million. He's got facilities in uh, Mexico, three places in Mexico. I've been to Mexico with him. He's got places in Tennessee, uh, Ontario. And what it just shows is he's the, he's the frog who jumped off the lily pad. He didn't just talk about it. He just didn't think about it. He's taking risks. When I say risk, well, he's not taking risks that puts himself or his life or anything in jeopardy, but he, he is moving forward. He's, he's an amazing example. Whoever plows and threshes should be able to do so in hope of sharing in the harvest. How about the fishermen who follow Jesus? I know in my business, you really have to, if the word it says plow, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. It's your dedication to the work. Don't worry about what other people think about you. You may be labeled as an insane workaholic, a yes man, and all those things. I, you notice that sometimes people, if you've been in a job, and people say, oh, this person is just... A lot of people, if I can see, use the word jealous. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. You need, you need enthusiasm. Remember, both enthusiasm and the lack of it are contagious. Persistence, if the axe is dull and its edge on This tells us that when your axe is blunt, you can either sharpen it or hit it harder. One way or another, you'll cut that tree down. I'm not the most skilled guy, that's for sure. Persistence. My dad used to always tease me about it and say, eventually, Lou, you'll get it done. And that's because if I find something worth doing or I focus on something, I'll work at it to a point where I probably should stop working at it, but I don't. <laughs> I keep working at it until I accomplish that goal. And that persistence I, I found has probably been my greatest asset in life in all areas of my life, just being persistent. Keep working at it, keep working at it. Um, almost annoying, <laughs> but I, uh, I won't quit until it's done. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. You have to ask, you have to seek, and you have to knock. I am a sailor, and this is very true. The pessimist just sets a sail.
The realists know that they will never get to where they want to go without setting their sail. It's going to take a lot of work. He knows that they might consume a lot of time. You know that there will be many obstacles in the way, but they set their sail just to move forward. Nothing is ever accomplished or moves forward without effort, sometimes a lot of effort. But the law of courage, if you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? Just think about Jesus' parable of the talents. The one servant who was frightened for the lack of courage did not invest the money he received and realistically was fired. There are always risks, but courage means initiative. Look at David and Goliath. There was courage, but it started with initiative. If you roll up your sleeves and get to work, you will obtain sores and firewood. If you don't want to take risks or fear of getting hurt, you'll have nothing. What do you prefer? Life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. The law of resilience. The one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. More significant than your intelligence quotient, your IQ, and more effective than psychological evaluation, of emotional quotient, that's your EQ, is the adversity quotient, explains why persistence may be worth more than talent. They just don't have resilience. For me personally, that is my kryptonite. For those who know me, they can tell you that in all areas, I don't have the, emo the emotional quotient, I don't have the intelligence quotient, I have the adversity quotient. Adversity has the effect of eliciting talents in which prosperous circumstance would have been lain dormant and talents were born out of necessity. Just think about the skills you would never have used if you didn't face adversity. Rejoice always, give thanks in all circumstances. If you waste your time grumbling, you'll miss out on the marvelous effects of the law of joy. Some people, they complain about they got treated unfairly at work, maybe their spouse was whatever. At some point in time, with the law of joy, you have to stamp it and say, you know what, it happened, case closed, time to move on. My best example I find was Esther in the Bible had a rough life, but in spite of all the circumstances in her life, she played a central role in the story of the Jewish people as a heroine and liberator. Li liberator. Esther showed great, a great lesson that there is no value in complaining about what happened to us. The other example is the, is the law of Joseph. He was a constant victim of circumstance, but he held on to his ethics in love, helped others. Instead of complaining, he took action. Instead of grumbling, he learned. His fate was chained by God's blessing, but but also by the way he responds and who is constantly complaining. To avoid, try to be, <laughs> try to avoid being this un unpleasant companion. You're doing the impossible. Went to uh, Nashville a few weeks ago. 
showed up at the rental car. I was, uh, I didn't realize this, didn't, I was there like at 6.15, the booth doesn't open until 7, I was trying to get my car. This, come up, this girl says, well, I'll take you, it was 6.45, 15 minutes early. And I could tell she was just miserable. And so, five, she says, no, you, we don't have a car for you. And I look out behind the booth, and there's, there's like a sea of cars. And I says, well, you got all kinds of cars. She goes, well, they might be spoken for somebody else. Anyways, this goes on. She's not giving me a car, okay? And she was miserable. So then uh, I was frustrated, so I walk all the way through the airport, go to this other agency, and uh, the guy says, it's a, it's a long story. So I walked all the way back to the same booth. There was a, a guy there instead of this miserable girl. And the miserable girl, by the way, I passed her in the hallway while I was walking back, and she was talking to a coworker, and she was going, oh. I go up to this new guy and I pretended I've never been there and I just handed my stuff in there, get my driver's license. Oh, geez, you're supposed to be here at like noon or something. I'm like, well, I'm here now. He goes, oh, okay, that's, that's fine, we'll get your car. You know, and 10 minutes later, I'm driving out of the rental agency with a car. It was awesome. And I thought, wow, talk about the law of joy. This one person, like just miserable, this other person, hey, no problem, we're going to find a way. Days, do your work. On the seventh day, do not work so that your ox and your donkey may rest, and so that the slave born in your household and the foreigner living among you. I find that this is a, the law of recharging is a day, and on the seventh day rested. God needs a rest. All of a sudden, we don't. So we're smarter than God. And I just find that amazing that people sometimes try and convince me that I don't need a rest or I got it more than the day. I'm telling you, you need one too. Albert Einstein used to sleep 10 hours a day and slept for, <laughs> for another hour when he had a good idea. Leonardo da Vinci used to wake up early but reserve 15 minutes every two hours for a nap. That way he was able to face the challenges with a rested mind. Take time to rest and enjoy yourself. Many people fail to fo they focus on what they don't have and where they can't go. Faithful person who can find. Think about it. Would you hire yourself? You can point out deficiencies and we can quickly point out deficiencies in other people but how about ourselves would you actually hire hire yourself be honest with yourself think about the qualities of your flaws no think about your qualities and your flaws I manage a lot of people and almost everyone knows their flaws and their behaviors to change it. when you do your job properly or you have a better chance of keeping it then you'll have the option of choosing the best one. The better, better qualities you have attained, the more people will seek you out. These characteristics go well beyond your resume and your job interview. Challenge yourself to become the person someone else would want to hire or of success. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishments. The law of honesty. Food gained by fraud tastes sweet the one ends up with a mouthful of gravel. So we're at a church camp here. 
How, are, how honest are you? So ask yourself a few questions. Do your actions go, go against the laws of your country? Are sometimes these laws a bit too gray for you? Could all your endeavors be filmed or published without bringing shame to you or leading to criminal prosecution? If others did the same to you, would you be pleased? Would you do the same to someone you love? Anyone facing exaggerated losses? Loss did you ever notice that of honesty are wealthier and people live better than those who don't? So this is a study from the um, NGO on the Transparency International Index from 180 countries and it's based on analysis of the degree of corruption and runs from one, the most corrupt, to ten, the least corrupt. Or the least, the one is the least honest, ten is the most honest. So the most corrupt country in the world is Somalia and the second is North Korea and we know that the standard of living in both those corrupt countries in the world, in there, Canada, 8.7. By the way, the uh, United States didn't make the top 10. The United States measured 7.1. Not that that matters. Woe to him who builds his palace by unrighteousness, his upper rooms by injustice, making his own people work for nothing, not paying them for their labor. Okay. Let's just say that you get four quotes for, for doing something on your house. And you know that the reality is that person made a mistake. So what do you do? Do you hire that person based on his quote and, and the guy, and force him to do the work knowing full well that that person made a mistake? Legally you're right. Heard them. You're breaking the do not cheat principle. Listed in Jeremiah there saying you need to pay people for their labor. And this really works in your business life and personal life. I'll give you, a, I'll share an experience with you. I have a customer who gives us a lot of work. And what they do is they don't even get another quote. They just say, Lou, I need this done. How much does it cost? And I give them a quote and I provide the service. And it's gotten to the point now where I don't even worry about them getting another. Very sensitive and I'm very careful to make sure that they, they ever do that. The, the honesty quotient is gone. They're gonna know that, okay, Lou is not being honest now. He's just abusing us. Give another example. I got a friend of mine who owns a successful company, and he was in the same situation with one of his customers. And no matter what the quote was, he just sent in a price, they gave him an order. Well, he liked this, it was a great situation. And then he sends in a quote to do some work, and the reality is, and he knew it, he was about triple. Lo and behold, just by life circumstances, they found out that, hey, we're getting ripped off here. And 
you can probably guess what happened. They no longer have that, per, that customer as a customer. Especially in the Christian community, Law of names, a good name is more desirable than great riches. You know what I'm going to do? We're running out of time, so I'm going to skip a few. I'll just read the Kindness is the language which deaf can hear and the blind. I want to skip to this one. This is uh, the, the law of company you keep. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. The saying that birds of like feather flock together. If you want to advance your career, surround yourself with those who are positive role models and those who share the same dreams and values. You can't make a good deal with a bad person. We all choose what we want for ourselves. You, you cannot choose for someone else. You, make that, you can only make a decision for your own choices. Our choices are our responsibility. I had a an acquaintance, went to grade school with him, bumped into, him, bumped into him later on in life, and we were in the same line of work, and what we do. And I had another guy who worked for me and said, Lou, I'm just telling you, that guy has bad news. And he goes, like, he is evil. That's the word he used. So I, but I... Like most entrepreneurs, I'm looking for the positive in this guy. And he did have a lot of positive. He really did. And he was able to bring a lot of business to my, my business. So I thought, you know what? I'll just use him for his talents. We're not going to be best friends anyways. And we'll just go down that road. And we did for a while. And I will tell you, it didn't end up well. It really didn't. Um, he, if I can use the word bluntly, ripped me off for a lot of money. And it was just a caustic situation in the end. And what it really tells, in the end it worked out okay for myself, praise God for that. But what it really means is that sometimes we'll go and have relationships with people, we'll join up with people, we'll do things with people, we'll do business partnerships with people, and for the wrong reasons. Sometimes you do it because you say, okay, I just feel sorry for them because you people who are not good people. Bad company corrupts good character. But the wicked are stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates in his law day and night. That person is, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. The law of self-control. Like a city whose walls are broken, though is a person who lacks self-control. Better a patient person than a warrior with one with no self-control.